Do you pray? Say so. No, no, okay. Do you pray? Ever? No. Do you pray? Yes. Yes? Do you want to talk about it, how you pray? No? Okay. Vivian, do you pray? Sometimes. Sometimes. And what occasion? Um, before I go to bed sometimes. Before I go to bed sometimes. Okay. Do you mind sharing what sort of things you say? Um, uh, I kind of, I kind of pray, like, to do well and to wish, like, love and happiness on others. Thank you, Vivian. That's wonderful. Appreciate it. Have a great day. I think I'm about to say about um, his name was um, Father Gramathon, and it's a prayer for the heart of a child. Um, so um, the prayer is this, and um, I'll start with our Lasallian invocation. Let us remember that we are in the holy presence of God, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a prayer that invokes the Blessed Mother. <clears throat> Holy Mary, Mother of God, preserve in me the heart of a child, pure and clean like spring water, a simple heart that does not remain absorbed in its own sadness, a faithful heart that never forgets good nor feels bitterness for any evil, a sweet and humble heart that loves without asking to be loved in return, happy to lose itself in the heart of others, sacrificing itself in front of your divine Son, a great and unconquerable heart which no ingratitude can close and no indifference can tire a heart tormented by the glory of Christ with a wound that will not heal until it reaches heaven. Amen. St. John Baptist de La Salle. Live Jesus in our hearts. Forever. Forever. Can I just ask everyone to, in the mic, introduce themselves, say their name, their grade, and I don't know. You can just say your name and grade. It's fine. Go ahead. Um, Hello. My name is George Dozy, and I am in ninth grade. My name's Caroline Kramer, and I am a junior. My name's Anne-Marie Basich, and I'm principal here at Christian Brothers High School. My name is Julian Alordi. I'm assistant principal here at Christian Brothers High School. Now, how has your prayer life developed or changed over time? Who taught you to pray? And how did you get to where you are right now? I mean, growing up, I went to Sacred Heart Parish. And every once a week, we would walk over to the Mass. And we'd go with our buddies, and we'd have to hold hands. And I think that's where I really first started becoming, like, developing in the Catholic Church. And over time, I realized that prayer can be done anywhere and it can be by yourself. And I think my parents and teachers first taught me to, but over time I taught myself that prayers between me and God. As a little kid, I would start, uh, my, parent, my parents helped me and introduced me into a prayer and the church, especially my Nana. And over time I started to learn, like before a meal, you say a prayer, and you're thankful for the food you have in front of you. And I guess as I've grown up to where I am now, 
I started to learn more of the importance of it and something that you're thankful. How appropriate as we're getting close to the Thanksgiving season. I find gratitude to be a really important part of my prayer life. Um, anyone else want to pick up on that theme of gratitude in terms of prayer? I, I, I can start with the original question, which will lead in to the, the second question as well. And my mother was the really the first person who taught me to pray. And um, as a little kid, I was I was born and raised in a Catholic family, but there was there was an event in our family. Really, a miracle, you know, in in the in the um, strict sense of the term. My my brother was born with terminal cancer, cancer, and um, he was sent home to die. But through the with the help of a a priest that my mother had met, he he invited her and her family to start saying the rosary um, for the the cure of my brother and. There, there, there was a miraculous cure. My brother um, is now 50, 51, 52 years old and has never had um, any kind of health issues in his life. And so that event was a, a pillar in our family's life. And my mother, from a very young age, <clears throat> um, well, from when I was a very young child, modeled for us that prayer was we would say the rosary, first of all, every night. She would make us say the rosary every night, and, and a lot of times we resented that as kids, um, growing up in the 70s and the 80s. But um, one thing that was clear was that um, it wasn't just a tradition or something that was cultural. It was truly a way to be in dialogue with these people, um, with Blessed Mother, with with her son Jesus, with Saint Joseph, with the saints, um, and and Jesus as as real human figures, and and Jesus as the divine figure as well, but human as well, and so that 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 um, that sense of it being not just a habit or a tradition, but really a dialogue with someone who was present to you um, was was really uh, modeled. Uh, for us, by my mother and my father as well. Um, but I, I then it dovetails with the theme of gratitude because certainly that um, growing up with that pillar of this miraculous cure in our life that that you could always kind of turn back to if you weren't certain about um, the presence of God and, and the saints in our lives. You you had this thing that you couldn't deny, and um, so. Prayer as gratitude for that event, which was the sign of God's presence in our life, the the community of saints in our life. That that um, that that habit started because of gratitude uh, for a very specific thing, and then expanded. And you know, I'm I'm almost fifty years old, so I've got this whole journey of what prayer has come to mean. Um, but it it still is rooted in those in those practices um which are also um i i have a great love for the traditional practices of prayer like the rosary like the um 
like litanies, like um, the um, bravery saying the Psalms. Um, they're all wonderful because when I don't have the words, it's as if the church has provided them for me. But also, prayer is more than that for me now. You know, it really is a it's a whole disposition of dialogue with the mystery of of God that surrounds us all the time. I'm going to pick up where you left off because my story kind of, I always think back to who taught me how to pray or who taught me how to want to be holy. And um, my parents and my grandparents were very active in church. You know, it was almost a lifestyle. They didn't really talk about it openly. It's just what you did. You went to church, you participated in the sacraments, you went to, my grandmother was active in the altar society here at Immaculate Conception. So it's like kind of a lived thing. But I think the person that really taught me how to pray or taught me the value of a prayer life was my choir teacher. And I think I talked to you about this in a conversation I had with you, Ms. Bassage, last year. It's like, Miss Spelling was her name, and I hope somewhere, somehow, that, that, that she hears this message, because I'm sure there were hundreds of kids that she touched in a similar way over the course of the 30 or 40 years that she was a choir director at St. Mary's Parish here in East Sacramento. But the choir room was particularly special space because it was in this little cavity above the church, almost directly above the altar. There's something magical about that. I remember having CCD class there or having in, in this, prayer, this, this choir space. She just really impressed upon us the value of wanting to be a saint. And that's all, as a young child, that's all I wanted to be. I used to hope and pray that someday I could be a saint too. And I think that that is so, it's, it's hard because it's like a very traditional perspective on the faith and about prayer. But that's kind of, that was my focus of my life for a young, for a large part of my, my youth. Um, and, and that's continued throughout my life. I think there's been moments where I've kind of like taken a step back, and just, but there's always been something there connecting me to the church when I felt unguarded. I'd go and find the space of the church when I felt um, you know, unguarded in another type of way and I didn't have access to the church. I'd have the rosary and different very powerful moments in my life where I've had really low moments where I felt very like troubled. Things were out of my control. I've always been able to turn to the rosary and, um, or even just like rocking my baby to sleep at night when my youngest was, um, you know, trying to get, you know, trying to get her to go to sleep. I would say a rosary is just a way to kind of like center myself and hopefully, you know, endow some of that inner, I don't know, I don't know, maybe something rubs off of my daughter, I hope. But, and then another thing I wanted to share is, um, and I can talk about this later, but when my grandmother was passing away, and we're all sitting around her bed, standing around her bed, and the priest is there. And we're saying the rosary, and we're holding hands. There was something electric in the room. Like, it really felt like there was an energy outside of myself that came into that space and made me feel so deeply connected to my grandmother and my family that was sitting there. And I, I, I will remember it till the day I die. Uh, and then that, in that night, she, she passed from this life to the next. And I think that that moment was really kind of, a way for God to be participant in her saying goodbye to us and moving on to the next life with Christ. Hello. Hi. Do you pray? What? Do you pray? Yes. Well, how often and, and when and how? Um, at night, probably like once a day. Once a day? Awesome. Do you pray? Yes. When? How? In the morning, before I go to school. What? what how do you pray? Like, what do you say? 
I pray to God. Pray to God? Yeah. That's good. Thank you. What's your first name? Justin. Justin. Thank you, Justin. Do you pray? Uh, yes, I do. Oh. How do you pray? Uh, just before bed and before test. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're going to be doing a lot of praying soon. <laughs> yeah. What does prayer do for you? And how do you pray on a regular basis? After going to Sacred Heart, I moved schools and I went to a private school, but it wasn't religious in any way. And at that point, I definitely became more distant to prayer because there were so many other things going on. But the past six months, I have become so much more focused on prayer and God. Um, my boyfriend and I, we were doing a long distance relationship. And every night before we hang up on the phone, we pray. And knowing that someone else has the same faith as you and wants to pray with you is something that is so powerful. Um, even just being here in the chapel I feel safe, I feel collected, I feel calm. And it's, you don't even have to be praying or asking God for help. Sometimes just the silence and knowing that He is, there's a hand on you and you are safe with God is so powerful and so moving because there are times when I don't know if anyone has my back or I feel alone, but I can take a moment to breathe and accept that I may feel alone right now, but God does have a plan for me. And so I just think that praying in any way possible, even if I'm walking to class for a test, it collects you and it also makes you realize that there's more than what happens in a day. We go to school every day. We go to work every day. We do basically the same thing. But prayer is always changing and your faith is always changing and you can keep developing that. I think that's really important, especially today in the world we live in. Um, so, like, the question was, what motivates you to pray, right? You can answer that question. What motivates you to pray? You know, how do you do it on a, you know over the course of a week? Do you have a rhythm to your prayer life? Or, and then, what does it do for you? What does it offer you? What is it? Cause part of this is trying to like, you know, not every student on our campus has a very developed prayer life. So, trying to, part of this is trying to convince people of the value of prayer because I believe it's absolutely valuable, but not everyone is of the same opinion. So here we are members of the community, you know, talking to our CB community about what prayer does for us. So, as I've grown older, I've gotten better at my prayer life, like, mm, morning and night, mostly at night. And I've seen how it outlooks the day for me and how I approach the day in a positive manner and I really liked it because I thought it really showed how you portray yourself and how other people see you and it was um 
it was nice to show, like, when I pray, I think that I'm showing and telling God that I'm thankful for what he's done for me, and I'm thankful for what I have now and what I have had before and what it's all become. Thank you. Do you students here? Sure. Um, and I'll also answer the last question. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. yeah. Um, what does prayer do for me? Um, uh, like the students mentioned, it's it's in some ways it's very concrete. Um, it's not something, you know, magical. Although sometimes it can be. <laughs> like when I pray about a situation, and there are situations in my job, you know, that that are so heavy. That if it were just, um, if I, if what was present um, was just what we see in the situation, it would seem unbearable. There'd be no answer. So one of the things that prayer does for me is actually make me more of a realist, um, which may sound counterintuitive, but that, you know, we, we live in a society that says, Everything exists that what we see on the surface is what is and what exists. And it sort of denies that whole mysterious realm that that lies just behind the, the, the curtain of the reality that we see. And sometimes you get a glimmer of it, like what you felt at your grandmother's deathbed or on moments like in front of the ocean or moments of great beauty or I don't know, you fall in love and there are these moments where that that veil of reality is sort of torn open into like really the depth of reality which is this this promise of of a world that our heart is made for and and it's bigger than than the problems that we see and so when i pray um oftentimes those things i can i can literally give them to somebody like this thing is so big i need i I it's presumptuous of me to think that I can fix, fix this or even figure out the best response. And so prayer opens up myself to the fact that there is another good presence that vibrates behind of all of reality and that is taking care of us all, even those situations that I can't see how they can be good in. Um, so prayer gives me that. It's also... Uh, it's again it's going back it's a relationship but um i can see over my life where when i was younger i might be scandalized at myself when i didn't pray enough or i didn't um i don't know i wasn't grateful enough or if i had my doubts and in, as i've gone you know in life it it's like the bob dylan song i was much older then i'm younger than that now as you go along you realize well it's not about you being perfect because um, the fact is that we're all broken. And so the prayer is for those of us who recognize our brokenness. We need to recognize that we need in order to have that sort of authentic prayer. Um, and so that also frees you from that kind of um, self um, measurement of like, I need, I need to be perfect. I, I need to have the right answers and, and lets you be yourself, which is a wounded human being. Um, because there's someone else who's 
who's loving me into existence and loving all the people involved in the world in front of me, even the ones in the biggest problems, you know, loving them into existence. And so prayer helps me to be more realistic in that I remember that fact of reality that the, that the world wants to tell you isn't true. The world wants to tell you all the, you know, the problems are what define us. There aren't any answers for some. Sometimes forgiveness is not possible. You know, all of those things that the world tells you. And when you pray, it's like your heart says, oh, no, there's more here. There's more than I can imagine. And um, I, I think that's a journey. I, think, I mean, I think the meaning of life is literally to walk together with the Lord towards him, you know. So um, when I was younger, again, you know, I, I, I was afraid of those moments of doubt or great suffering. Um, and now um, I get mad at God and I'm not scandalized by that because I'm still in relationship with, you know, if something doesn't go right and instead of feeling bad about, you know, being angry at God, let's say, um, I bring it to him. Like, you know, I'll come into the chapel or whatever and say, why, why, why? Because that's a dialogue, you know. Um, and the, the other piece of that, I would say, is that understanding that, that the traditional kind of prayer, meditative prayer, stopping praying, something that's traditional or meditative or silence is all good, but that all of life can also be a prayer. So if I get to the end of my day, and I try to start with prayer. I try to go to mass, or I'll try to start with. I say the rosary on the, the way to school. And there are some days where I just don't. You know, I get to the end of the day, um, and I realize I haven't stopped and thought about, haven't thought about the Lord or the bigger picture. And um, that's a moment for me. I've learned in time to say, you know what, Lord, let all of my life be a prayer to you. When I forget you. When I'm facing this, you know, whatever it is, help all of my life be a prayer to you, even when I'm not remembering that. Um, so I would ask our, our young folk, our, our students here, um, who are, you know, you're living in a very different time than I did when I was growing up. Um, um, how do you... Where do you find um, where Where do you find yourself nourished um, by that prayer? How do How do you um, what is What is it that keeps you rooted in the prayer, even when you know most of the world around you might be telling you something different or, or giving you a direction? You know that is different from what you know in your heart of hearts how do you how do you say stay true to that what are what are the ways that you you try to i think that right now everyone's always rushed and we're focused on our certain goals and everyone's looking forward to the weekend and all these other things and i've realized that all of these things that make us happy are great, but God is the one person that has never truly let us down. And I think that that's where I stay rooted because I know that even if I walk away from this campus feeling sad or alone, 
I know that I can go home and pray and God is still there with me. And another thing, I mean, the music we listen to today, the music that people listen to is so diverse and so different. And there's things that people write that are so mean and terrible and they put it in song. And I started listening to worship music lately and it's so much better for us. It's so much better for us mentally to focus on the good. And so I think that just being here with Christ and with people that also believe what I believe is what keeps me rooted. And I know that every day can be different, but one day I will be in heaven and it's going to be the most beautiful place and I will be so free. And as much as I don't want to die, I know that there is more out there. So that's where I stay rooted. I'm actually going to follow up on that. Um, what I think it is to have a strong prayer life and all that is to continue to have your faith in the presence of God, like one of our Osalian core principles. Um, because as you said, he doesn't let us down. So to continue to have your faith in him, it's it's showing that you want to connect and stay connected. So I always remember that, and I always make sure to pray. And to show, like I said before, appreciation. Because if I could continue to do that, um, it, it helps you in a mental, mental and physical state of mind that you're going to be okay even when the world is against you, that God is still there for you and he'll help you get through any tough time that you're having. So it's really cool to see how prayer life can help you do that because for me it's worked before in the past but I've tried to get through something rough and I continue to do that because I've liked how it helped me before do any of you pray yes when and how at school school? I pray every night with my mom before I go to bed do you mind sharing what prayers you say or is it improvised it's pretty much improvised spontaneous prayer cool thank you How do you pray? How do I pray? When and how do you pray? Uh, I pray, I find myself, I find prayer best when I'm at church, actually, through the sacraments. Go to church, he's telling you. Mr. Alexander, how do you pray? I pray a modified liturgy of the hours in the morning and in the evening. And with my class, I do Alexio Divina every day. Thank you, Mr. Alexander. As a follow-up question, one thing I noticed, I, I used to, before I became a principal, I was a teacher for many, many years, taught religion and I taught English. And one of the things that I learned over my years as a teacher is that oftentimes young people 
um, they're not necessarily expressing what they what they really feel on the inside. Um, and so, what would you say to your peers who maybe have a desire for a prayer life, um, but don't, you know, maybe they they don't have the gift yet of faith, or they weren't raised in a family necessarily that valued that, or but that they're they're looking, they're seeking, they're they're you know what what would you say to them as as a sort of starting place as um how would you invite someone your age into a prayer life um what might you say to them or advice you might give um well i would honestly say keep looking for the strong point of suit to find like the engage and start in prayer life maybe ask your parents or or close relatives because they might have gone to church or done something in that category and you might start to learn the importance of praying and what it helps you what, what it helps to do for you I would say the tiniest little things such as saying, you know, thank you, God, for giving me another day to be at Christian Brothers. Thank you for, like you said, thanking God for our meals and thanking God for our families. It's just the tiniest little things that will slowly build your relationship. And I know it's hard because Everyone is so judgmental, (laughs) and even when we have Mass outside, as much as I want to sing the songs and participate, I'm scared because I don't want other people to think, you know, differently of me. And I'm slowly, I'm still struggling with that, and I'm slowly becoming more open to being true to myself and in front of people. But I just hope everyone can respect that you may not believe in God or you may not believe in heaven or anything like that, but just let that moment be a time where we can all come together and be peaceful and put all of our differences aside and just focus that focus that we're in the holy presence of God. I think that happens in a small way every morning with prayer too. And we prepare for it, for the liturgy. And I hope that our community hears that message. No, no matter your attitude towards the prayer or the words of the prayer, the simple act of stopping our day for a moment and realizing that we are not the center of our world is so valuable. And it goes back to your point about humility. And I come before God broken. I come before God humble. In the times of my life when I had like the weakest prayer life, I was the least humble and made the most mistakes. They go hand in hand for me. The more I kind of like decenter myself from my world and kind of like detach myself from the black hole of ego my life is better you know my life is better i feel better another thing i think about with prayer is like it's abundantly available to us it doesn't cost anything i don't have to see a specialist i mean it can be enhanced by having conversation with people that have a really fantastic prayer life or meeting your spiritual director or having a conversation with a priest or having a conversation with your family members, but it's abundantly and freely available every given moment. And we live in a society where everything, we think we have to either take 
And I'm not, I'm not being disparaging of psychiatry, but we think we have to put something in our body to fix us. And sometimes it's doing without and allowing, in our context, God in, where we can truly be healed. Because sometimes it's just a matter of quieting the mind and being patient with reality. There's another thing I think our culture forces us to like, you know, with the... Remember when I was a kid, before there was broadband internet, there was dial-up. And you'd, 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 you'd press a certain button, and you'd wait for this, like, cat screech. And you'd finally have the internet, and you couldn't really do much with the internet. You could only, like, you know, send messages to each other and open up a web page. And all of a sudden, we got DSL and then broadband. And there was all of a sudden this, like, change in our culture where everything had to happen now. Everything had to happen, like... If you want you know, to access some piece of information, it's great that it's available to you, but there's also value in just being patient and allowing the world to work on you. And um, so I'm, I hope people can hear that message too. And I think the tone of our conversation has been really centered in peace. It's almost been an act of prayer in itself and meditating on what we were trying to say to articulate our answers to these questions. And um, why do you think your religion teacher put you up for this? Because they, you were recommended by a religion teacher, so there must be a reason why. I definitely will ask some difficult questions in class. Okay. Um, such as, do you mind sharing? Such as, like, is this really true? Or, you know, where does the line cross between, like, philosophical and reality? And I think even when I had your class last year, I asked questions like that too because growing up we always thought that the Easter Bunny was real and Santa Claus was real and so when I found out they weren't real I was like well is Jesus real? Yeah. And so I always ask those questions because yes I believe in God but I also not poke at the bear but I like to make people's minds work a little bit and be like Mm -hmm. how does this relate to every day how do we have proof of this because I think it's hard for kids and teenagers and even adults to believe in something that we can't see mm-hmm. and so I like to ask those questions and so I think she Ms. Shackelford asked for me to do this because I do believe in God and I believe that there is a greater power I believe that we are all children of God now we were created in his image, but I also believe in facts and I believe in science. And so I like to mix the two. And I think that's why she asked me to join this podcast. That's a great response. I think one of the, the gifts of science is to be able to say, I don't know, and start from there and start asking questions and conducting experiments until we figured things out. But one thing I think it's important too is to consider the fact that there are according to my belief, immaterial aspects of reality that we engage with through prayer. And that can't be tested or can't be proven in the same, under the same constraints as what's going on in our science labs. And that's okay with me. That, is, that doesn't bother me. I don't need to be able to dissect my faith by way of a textbook. That's not important to me. George, what about you? Um, I also agree. Like, I want to see and... I want to believe how God is portrayed in our everyday lives and how natural revelation and divine 
revelation. I want to go deeper into that and maybe some of the, how do you say, signs God gives us to show that He created us and what our purpose was in life. So, in class, I I really enjoy asking those types of questions and learning more about our path and the creation of of us and the world around us. What do you think your religion teacher would say is our purpose? Our purpose in life or yeah, you you use the word purpose. Whatever you I mean, if you meant the purpose in life, what do you think you would say? Oh, well, uh purpose like yeah, in life. Uh what he would say? Yeah, what would your religion teacher say? He talks a lot about how we should follow the path that God gives us because he created us for a reason. And once you follow that path, it sort of shows that you fulfilled what he created you for. And most of your life you're kind of searching for that. So once you find that, it'll be you're achieving it for God. Mm-hmm. I like. Go ahead. I just I have feel compelled to to comment because both of what you're saying, I love the fact that you're saying I need I need evidence um, because and our faith, the the Catholic Christian faith, incarnational faith, is eminently evidence based. You're right, Mr. Lordy. Not everything is science, but you know I I have evidence that my mother loves me. You know by the signs and reality that or you know I have there are certain things I have I have evidence that you know I don't go into a building every day and and wonder whether or not the architect was you know knew what he was doing I I, I there's evidence around me right that the food that I'm going to eat in the cafeteria is not going to be poisoned I'm not taking I'm I'm sort of taking that on faith and that there's this evidence that there might be an out, off <laughs> off lying point where yeah there was someone who was didn't know what he was doing, but most of the things that we do in life are based on on faith. But faith doesn't mean to know something without evidence. And I mean, when I think about our faith, which is rooted in the incarnation, we, you know, we, especially as Catholic Christians, we're not just people of the book. We're not people who inherited a philosophy you know, like Confucianism or Buddhism, we we demand evidence. And when you think about Jesus, what did he do with doubting Thomas when he said, I, I need to put my fingers in, in the, the wounds? He didn't say, no, 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 you have to believe. He came and said, okay, now put your fingers in the wounds and believe. And so that kind of desire for evidence in our life, I truly believe, is prayer because it's a call to the Lord to show us, show me you're there, show me. And when I think about the history of our faith, you know, Jesus says, you know, we we believe that he's resurrected and present now in the same way that he was 2,000 and some odd years ago. Well, how do I know? I need to see the same signs that the apostles saw. I need to see the blind see, I need to see people rise from the dead, I need to see, you know, 
the feeding of the 5,000. Now, all of we can all sort of translate what that would mean in our own lives, but I think that that call for evidence is really important because it's it's not necessarily a testing of God, but it's a it's it's our reason that desires to see that evidence. And there's something when we one thing in my experience is that the presence of God is unmistakable. Like when you when you know he's present, it may be in the experience of a great love or when you're with family or in prayer or in the Eucharist or whatever it is, or just a joyful day, but the presence of the Lord is like unmistakable. And so I think that that desire for evidence is important because in time, if you don't see the evidence in your own life, your faith either is something that was that just becomes um, something that was handed to you culturally and then you just kind of throw away because there's nothing really behind it other than a tradition. Um, or you cling to it without evidence. And you, you, know, you cling to it unreasonably and just sort of demand or live in a certain way according to certain rules, but without any like evidence of the relationship behind it. So I think the journey of faith... Christian faith in particular, because that's my experience, is is really an adventure. It's the adventure of discovering the evidence. And because our God is an incarnate God, it's always in some way through other human beings. Um, like this encounter I'm having today with you guys. You know, it's always... It's never something magical in that sense. It can be mystical, but it's always somehow rooted in relationship. That connects to something I've been marinating on for a long time since I first encountered it, but just describing the Trinity as a relationship, as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, love or beloved, and the love that they share, and how we can continue to, to see that play out in our lives on a daily basis. And, and the last thing I'll say, is I could talk on, for on, on and on, but the sacraments in the Catholic faith as well, there's something so wonderful. And now, the sacraments aren't magic either. So you have to be, if you don't understand what the Eucharist is, it's, it's not surprising that you don't treat it with respect or what have you. I mean, it's, it's like anything. If, if, if you don't understand what is in front of you, right, you're not going to value it. But one of the things that I find is so beautiful about the sacraments is it's one of those kinds of, the, the the pl- it's places of prayer. I think of it as like wells of water where there's not a whole lot required, but it's very tangible. Like when I go to the Eucharist, I may not have anything else other to offer other than the pilgrimage of me being there. But I get something physical that, that, um, that satisfies my senses in some way. You know, I don't see Jesus in that bread, but there's something I, I, you know, the, the, that physical thing or going to confession and hearing the priest say the words like you are forgiven. You know, I absolve you. He is very, these, that, that the Lord knows we are spirit and flesh, but not, you know, we're not a dichotomy where the spirit and flesh creature all mixed up. So I, things have to come through my senses. You know, I have to hear those words. I need to feel, the the oil on my forehead. I need to to you know feel the the bread in my mouth so that that's 
the baptism, the water of baptism, those things are really, really important to our faith because of that very tangible kind of ex- expression of of the relationship with God. I agree with that. Um, to add on that, with the sacraments, I was my brother's sponsor when he was confirmed last year, and my brother is my best friend. I adore him more than anything. I thank God every day for him. Um, I love my sister too, but my brother, <laughs> my brother is my everything. And watching him at the altar and holding on to his shoulder, knowing that even if I can't always be there for him, I know that God is going to be. And I started crying because it, it just knowing that God connected us together and, you know, out of all the families we could have been born into, that's my brother. And I'm so proud that he is my brother. And I mean, that's God's doing. That's, we are his children of God. I mean, he created us and now I, I can't thank God enough. To Stories from the Heart podcast produced here at 4315 Martin Luther King Boulevard, Sacramento, California, 95820. Stories from the Heart is a production within the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging program here at Christian Brothers. As the place to be, Falcons are first friends to each other. We hold each other accountable. Love does not tolerate everything that a person does, yet love exists beyond our mistakes. We are leaders representing our community on and off our campus. We have a commitment to learning and service that extends beyond graduation and continues long after. We are organized and active in our application of our five core principles. Falcons welcome the light of the new dawn. Centered in Christ, we soar towards a new horizon. A sign of our faith is faith to be seeking understanding while becoming a living witness the holy presence of God in our lives. Some norms for our conversations. We will acknowledge our lens and use I statements. We will acknowledge that bias exists. I do not own truth. We are here out of goodwill and we seek an open and honest climate. We make mistakes. We're not experts. We are practitioners.